0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. So the title is um, Stand Up and Speak Before You're Dead. What, does anybody have any feedback? Like, what do you think that means? Yep, there's, that's it's right there. Anybody else have any thoughts, comments? So um, that is exactly in line with what um, the, the title was supposed to do. It's supposed to grab your attention. So it's actually, the lesson is on Genesis uh, chapter 23. So you can actually turn there in your Bibles Twenty-three, and we're really just going to stay there. It's a pretty simple little lesson. Um, so, starting with verse one, Sarah lived one hundred and twenty years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. I hope I don't live one hundred twenty-seven years. That's a long time. Oh, so Sarah died in Kirjath Arba that is, Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abram came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham stood up from before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth. So, as I was um, reading this on my own time, you know, sometimes your mind does a play on word when you're reading the word. And you ask yourself some reflective questions. So, When I saw verse 3, I asked myself the question, am I going to stand up and speak before I'm dead? You know? It's a good question to ask oneself. Ask yourself that question. Am I going to stand up and speak before I'm dead? Um, So the lesson goal... With this, um, is really you know, there's you always break it down to three things, and I mentioned before that, um, when Moses was told to select leaders, to select leaders with three attributes knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. So, from a just a pure lesson perspective, I just want to share some knowledge on Genesis chapter 23 and Abraham, okay. But more importantly, what is the wisdom behind that? And um, it was funny, I was telling Pastor Kylie earlier, I'm like, gosh, the older I get, the less I feel I know, you know. But what I've really become to understand, and when I first learned this, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, this is going to sound really bizarre, But I didn't understand what understanding meant. You know, see, God gives us the knowledge of the word, right? And from that, there's wisdom. There's wisdom in it. And you can see things, okay. um, And wisdom is the right thing to do in this situation. But understanding takes it to another level. Because it's putting that wisdom into practice, right? So the wisdom with this is that I kind of want to talk about is what will it take for me to speak up and be a better witness for Jesus Christ, all right? And um, I don't know about you, this is something that I struggle with. I mean, does anybody besides myself feel guilty that... You're not speaking up more. Does anybody? I think, as Christians, we beat ourselves up over this issue a little bit, a lot. I know that I do. I think if you ask me, one thing that I um, have a regret about, that I feel guilty about, about my walk with the Lord, is my ability to speak up. You know, and not. I mean not to the city of people that I don't know. I'm I'm talking to my own people that I know, right? My family in front of me, the people I work with every day. So one of the goals of this is to encourage you to step out. And you know what? It's not going to be, for me, when I went through this lesson, I was surprised at what the answer was. Sometimes it's not what you think it is. Um, Before I go there, though, I just want to quickly summarize um, the life of Abraham and kind of how we got to this point. So it's just going to be really, really quick. Um, The life of Abraham uh, is detailed in Genesis chapters 11 through 24. Um, In chapter 11, Terah sets out from Ur. Terah is Abraham's father. For Canaan, but he settles in Haran. Okay, remember that. Never settle, right? Um, then in 12, Abraham tells uh, God tells Abraham to leave and go to Canaan. He does, but he ends up in Egypt, right? And then he pretends his sister or his wife is his sister. Abraham wasn't perfect either, was he? Even though he's the father of the faithful. And then in chapter 13, Abraham and Lot separate. Um, Abraham allows Lot to choose. You know, there's so many great lessons in his life. You know, allow others to get the best, right? Be, you know, know that God is going to give you plenty wherever he takes you. Um, chapter 14, Abraham rescues Lot. We're introduced to Melchizedek. Um, Abraham gives him a tenth of what he has. We're introduced to tithing. Chapter 15, um, God promises an heir that he will give him in the land. And he credits his belief as righteousness. So, right, we've all heard this before. In 16, Abraham has a son through Hagar, Ishmael. So Abraham kind of takes things into his own hands a little bit. Um, He understands that God promised him a son. He thinks, well, maybe I have a little bit to do with this. Um, so he listens to his wife, and they have Hagar, they have Ishmael. When in chapter 17, Abraham is 90, and that he's going to be promised, he's going to be God promises him that he's going to be the father of many nations. And I think this is amazing. And even though he's so old, and his wife is so old, he goes off and circumcises everybody in his family. You know, And then um, in 18, we're introduced to the three visitors, and Abraham pleads for um, Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember that. He intercedes for them. In chapter 19, we have the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. In chapter 20, this could also be a good message. Abraham moves on. You know, he had that relationship with, the, with Lot. It was this contentious relationship. He, had his fam, he was a family member. He's always getting himself into trouble. Moved on. You know, sooner or later, if your family is going in the wrong direction, you have to just move on. Let them do what they do. Um, in chapter 21, we have the birth of Isaac. The ladies love, are going to love this piece, right? God tells Abraham to listen to his wife. You, can, you guys can bookmark that one and use that later. Um, but you know what? Abraham obeys. And, and, you know, Hagar and Ishmael are sent away. And then um, in chapter 22, so right before 23, we have the test of Abraham. So why did I include all that? Abraham is called the father of the faithful, Right? In all of those chapters preceding to this, never once do I see him standing up and preaching to his neighbors or his family, or never. Not once. What do you see? Abraham obeying the word, right? God, God, God says, Go do this. Okay, I'm going. You know, um, move here. He moves there, you know. Let let um, Hagar and Ishmael go. Okay, sacrifice your son. Okay. <clears throat> and this is what I want to delve into a little bit. Um, it says it's about serving God and obeying God. Why don't we? So, and then in chapter twenty three. We're going to look at some of the excuses, right? Because that's, what the, that's really why we don't do it. I mean, nobody in here, I don't believe, gets up in the morning and says, I'm not going to serve God. Do any of you do that? And I wrote down the um, definition of excuse. It says, To attempt to lessen the blame attaching to a fault or offense. Seek to defend or justify. A reason or an explanation put forth to defend oneself, okay? So, in chapter 23, we see Abraham overcoming some of these excuses, okay? And that's really the encouragement, is to kind of just say, all right, what are some of these that are coming up so that we actually can recognize them when we see them in our lives, All right, so uh, back to chapter 23, verses 1 through 4, if you want to follow along. Um, Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of life of Sarah. So Sarah died in Kirjath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abram came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abram stood up from before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a foreigner and a visitor among you. Give me property for a burial place among you, that I may bury my dad out of my sight. So, Hebron um, was actually right in between Jerusalem and Beersheba. He was exactly where God wanted him to be. Right? He was in the land of Canaan. However, he was distraught. I mean he was weeping, of course, he lost the love of his life. And he considered himself a foreigner. So just think about that. You lose the love you know, you lose the love of your life, you're a foreigner. And there was a huge tradition in the land at that time. And that tradition was to go and bury your dead in the land of your fathers, right? And <clears throat> Abraham's like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, God, God said, I'm going to give you this land, all right? So he ignored his feelings. Feelings can be, you know what, they can be the biggest excuse I don't feel like it. You know, I... Oh, you know what? You don't know what I just went through. Right? We use that as an excuse to not obey God. We do. And, you know, family traditions speak for themselves. I mean, they can be very, very, very difficult. Um, They've been... Honestly, for me, they've been easier to put away, you know, once you make that decision. Um, feelings can definitely, definitely be difficult. Verses 5 through 9. And the sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place, that you may bury your dead. Then Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land, the sons of Heth. And he spoke with them, saying, If it is your wish that I bury my dad out of my sight, hear me and meet with Ephron, the son of Zoar, for me, that he may give me the cave at Machpelah, which he has, which is at the end of his field. Let him give it to me at the full price as property for a burial place among you. Abraham was given a free pass. You know, he, when people, when nobody would accuse him of taking that land, they wanted to give it to him. They're like, just take it. You can have it, it's yours. There are so many instances where everybody around us agrees with a certain path of action, but it may not be right. You know what I mean? And it's the free, it's the free pass. Well, everybody cheats on their taxes. You know, and everybody hates IRS anyway. So just go ahead and do it. Um... You know, it's the free pass. It wasn't going to cost them anything. (laughs) Free is not always free. My son, I don't know, it was like around December. Dad, I got this free car. I'm like, oh no. He's like, no, it's free. I'm like... And what what, do you, what am I saying? is never free, right? So of course it was out of state. So then you got to register the car, and there's this little light that's on it that says check engine. And we live in Waukesha, so what does that mean? We get, we gotta pass emissions. free. Yeah. You know, I also was thinking about this. God said to Abraham, I'm going to give you this land. But Abraham did not take that to mean that he was never going to have to pay for it. Abraham knew it was going to cost him something. God does say he's going to give us something, some things. But his gifts are not always free, right? The other thing that I love in this is that um, he got down in front of him. He He was not afraid to humble himself from those around him, you know. And um, the older I get, and I think this was part of our conversation this morning, Pastor, was about not knowing anything. So the more that I come to understand that humility is so critical in serving God. In fact, I think it's almost impossible to serve God without, being, without having humility. And you know, part of that is the humbling process that he does put us through. <clears throat> you know, um, Abraham. What he, Abraham? This wasn't his first time around the block, you know, and he knew that for this to be a lasting possession, right? Something that would endure. It was going to cost him, so he didn't want to have to dispute with those guys. So that's why he insisted upon um, them selling it to him. So moving on in verses 10 through 13, it says, Now Ephraim dwelt among the sons of Heth, and Ephraim the Hittite answered Abraham in the presence of the sons of Heth, all who entered at the gate of his city, No, my lord, hear me. I give you the field and the cave in it. Now, this is kind of interesting. He's going to give him the field. Abraham never asked for the field. He just asked for the cave, right? So, you know, I'm going to give you the field and the cave in it. I give it to you in the presence of the sons of my people. I give it to you. Bury your dad. Then Abraham bowed down before the people of the land, and he spoke to Ephraim in the hearing of the people of the land, saying, if you will give it, Please hear me, I will give you the money for the field. Take it from me, and I will bury my dead there. This is where it gets really interesting. Verses 14 and 15. And Ephraim answered Abraham, saying to him, My lord, listen to me, the land is worth 400 shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? So bury your dead. Now, for us living today, we don't really get what 400 shekels of silver is, right? It's only, you know, all right. This is what my interpretation of what's going on. This guy thinks that he's got a great opportunity. He knows that Abraham's really wealthy, okay? And he knows he's not going to take it for free, So instead of just selling him the cave, he's going to sell him the cave and the field. And let's look at, just for comparison once, let's look at Jeremiah 32, verses 8 and 9. Can you get that up there? Then Hanamal, my uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison, according to the word of the Lord, and said to me, Please buy my field that is in Hananoth, which is in the country of Benjamin. For the right of the inheritance is yours. You guys remember this? And the redemption of yours, buy it for yourself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord, so I bought the field from Hanamel, the son of my uncle, who was in Anathoth, and waited out to him the money, 17 shekels of silver." All right, so this is centuries later, and this, is, this field is 17 shekels. So Abraham is being offered the deal for 400 shekels. What's this guy trying to do? I mean, it looks to me like he's trying to take advantage of the guy that just lost his wife, Sounds to me that like, that's a pretty good excuse for Abraham to say, yeah, oh, forget it. Would you pay 30 times what something is worth? Would you pay 30 times for a car what it's worth? You know, would you do it if God told you to? And you knew where you were taking advantage of? Verse 16. And Abraham listened to Ephraim. Notice that? Listened. What did he do? Oh, Ephraim, come on. This is a bad deal. What do you think you're doing? He just listened to him. He knew he was being taken advantage. I mean, come on. Abraham was, you know, he was around a long time. And Abraham weighed out the silver for Ephraim, which he had named in the hearing of Heth, 400 shekels of silver, currency of the merchants so you know Abraham valued God's promises more than his money I don't know about you I, I think probably being very transparent this is my number one excuse you know when it comes to, especially (laughs) this time of year. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? April 15th is next week, right? (sighs) You all will have a chance to practice this, this next week. verse 17 see if you guys get this so the field of Ephron, which was in Machpelah which was before Mamre the cave and the field which was in it and all the trees that were in the field which were in all the surrounding borders were deeded to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the sons of Heth before all who went in at the gate of his city do you see that? Before all who went in at the gate of his city. Who saw this entire transaction? His entire town, everybody that lived around him, right? How much preaching did Abraham do about God? Not a lot. But he, you know, Abraham, it's my notes here, it says, Abraham was a witness to everyone who went into the city because he put, his, he put God's promises before his feelings and his family traditions. He didn't allow that excuse. To, he stood up and did what was right, even though everybody gave him an excuse, they gave him a pass. Abraham was not afraid to humble himself in front of all those who lived around him. He said nothing when it was obvious to everybody that he was being taken advantage of. (sighs) I got to do better at that. (sighs) Yeah. Abraham valued God's promises and his family inheritance more than his money. You know, he just knew that God, he knew where the money was coming from. So, you know, to wrap it up, I bet when I said the title of this message, Stand Up and Speak Before You're Dead, everybody in here was thinking about going and talking to somebody. Right? I don't know if that's entirely true. What will it take for us to be a better witness of Jesus? You know, Brother Joe preached about this last week, didn't he? About obedience to God's word. You know, I think it starts with obedience. You know, I think if we are more obedient to his word, we don't really have to worry to tell you the truth about the preaching because our actions are going to speak louder than our words. You know? And, you know, the more that this sinks in and sinks in and sinks in, the more that I've been praying, Lord, thy will be done. You know, help me to do thy will. I've been around, and I think you've been around long enough, that we we know his will. But to do his will, you know, now, when I went through this for myself, <laughs> I was pretty darn convicted, being very honest. I mean, I just, I just started repenting. Lord, forgive me for all the times I've just not been doing your will. And he said something to me. He said, you know, give yourself a break. Abraham was 130 it was 130, you know. You still have some years in front of you. You still have some opportunities. This life is a journey, right? And each one of us this week, I know, without a doubt, we're going to have an opportunity to be a witness just by obeying God's word. That's it. You can do it just through his obedience. Know and understand that there's some excuses out there, okay? All right, why don't we close with a prayer? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your awesome word. I love these people, Lord. And I just pray, dear Lord, that we as a church, Lord, we just obey... your word. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and we'll continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262 965 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.